Welcome back to the Extension Experience Podcast. I'm Dana Zook. This week, we are sharing the second half of our preconditioning discussion with Dr. Kelly Raper. This week, we will talk about the probability or likelihood of returns to several preconditioning practices that are commonly used. And so I hope you all enjoy this second part and I hope you tune in for our next episode. So Kelly, you have, um, you've put together some new data right? Um, for Oklahoma, talking about the probability that these management practices will return some money back to the producer. Uh, we took a lot of data <laughs> and this was the 2010 data actually. So it was a lot of data for one year, but so the, the, the concepts are, the concepts still hold. Um, the data is just a little bit older, but we've got a critical mass, I think, to be able to do something like this again and update these numbers. I suspect they won't be a lot different, except the premiums might change a little. The probabilities, I suspect, are, are similar. And so in that data, for a weaned calf, the net returns were estimated at about $5 a hundredweight. Um, and the probability of positive returns was about 60%. So if you weaned that calf at least 30 days, which is what most buyers would say, they don't consider it weaned if it's not at least 30 days then the probability that you're actually going to make a positive return was about 60%. Vaccinated calves, net returns estimated at about $6 a hundredweight. The probability jumps up to about 64%. Calves that were dehorned, um, about $6.30 a hundredweight versus horned animals. And the probability of positive returns from that practice alone, 60%. Now we start to combine those into bundles. So weaned and vaccinated, and this one's, this is an odd result, but we get that statistically occasionally, right? Mm-hmm. Weaned and vaccinated, $5.36 a hundredweight. So actually less than just vaccinated. Again, we get some odd results statistically occasionally. Mm-hmm. Um, the probability of positive returns about 58%. Here's where the rubber meets the road though, because these next two are calves that would be considered preconditioned. These are assuming steers, actually. So this is steers. Sorry, I should have. These are all steers. Yeah. Um, so weaned, vaccinated, and dehorned. So you bundle those strings, three things together. Net returns dollars per hundredweight is about $11 a hundredweight. Okay. The probability of net returns, of positive net returns, jumps up to 67%. If you add certification to that bundle, which is what OQBN does and some other animal health programs do, adding that layer of certification jumps the net returns up to $12.90, so almost $13 a hundredweight, and the probability jumps up to 80%, so 80% probability that the net returns are positive. That's estimated profit, mm-hmm. so, you know, okay. we said earlier, you know, the, the premiums, the profit's not taken out of those premiums yet, but these numbers are estimated profit. And that, you know, now that we've, we've got more data, we could look at that over years to see if that changes. And that, that is also something sort of on our list that we'd like to get yeah. to is you see one, are those numbers different and two, are the probabilities different or have they changed? Um, okay. So that'll be a little different. So that's profit, not just like a premium where costs should be taken out. Yeah. So the numbers on this one, it's actual positive net returns. Okay. So positive profit based on those activities. That's always insightful. Like that's always good to have a number. Producers are always wondering, you know, do I actually make any money there? But 
I mean, yeah. you do if you keep track of the numbers. If you don't yeah. keep track of the numbers, I don't know. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> right. And we and we need to, you know, we, we probably need an effort to to ask some producers to to share cost data when they're preconditioning, so that we can get some better estimates of what it's actually costing producers right. to do that. And it's going to be a little different for every operation because you just have different resources that you can use. Um, different ways that you do things. Uh, but I think that would be a really good effort is to try to capture some of that data right. if producers are willing to share it with us so that we can get a better handle on what it's actually costing out in the country to do it. Yeah, I think we should probably do that. I I know that I know producer, I know some good ones. They would let me know their numbers, but I mean, yeah. you know, as long as the anonymous result is there. Exactly. Yeah, we yeah. won't tell anybody it's yours. We're just yeah, yeah. Them all together. <laughs> But yeah. We, so we, listeners, we, if you, if you want a conversation on this, I mean, we, you know, we work through numbers all the time. It's always good for do. us to have some we solid do. numbers. So um, I do have some more numbers on weaning if you're interested. Oh, yeah. So this same student who, who looked at the AMS and OQBN data combined, the main focus of his paper is actually looking at whether the length of weaning period matters in terms of premiums. Um, because sitting in the cell barns the last four to five years, we just anecdotally started to feel like, I think those longer wing calves are actually bringing more, even if they're already certified preconditioned or, you know, it just seems like they're bringing more. And at that point, we hadn't been collecting the number of days weaned. We had just been collecting, are they weaned or not? And so we made a concerted effort and added to our data collection so that Dana would have to hustle to do one more number when she's helping us collect data. Um, we added, actually, are they weaned or not? And then how many days were they announced as weaned? And so with that data, um, my student has been able to look at how much premium is there for different weaning lengths over and above just weaned or not. And so for the 60-day weaned calves, uh, 60 to 74 days, so there was a $4.28 premium per hundred weight for those calves. Um, I'm going to tell you that the, the big result is it goes up as the weaning length goes up, but uh, 75 to 89 days, $5.81 a hundred weight, 90 to 104 days, $5.37 a hundred weight. So that one's slightly less, but um, 105 to 119 days, this seems to be the sweet spot. Uh, $8.28 per hundred weight for those calves weaned 105 days or more. At 120 to 134 days, it dropped just a little, it dropped to 710, um, but still higher than the 90 days. Right. And so in general, what we saw was weaning length matters. Um, and you know, this was just a snapshot of two seasons, but it was, it was fall and spring seasons too. So that's, that's all captured in there. Um, and then the other thing he looked at the, the vaccination and castration and, and horn numbers we spoke about before are from this same study. The other thing that he looked at then was the value of OQBN certification on top of the value of the management practices and that was $5.37 a hundred weight. So that's, you take your vaccination premium plus your castration. Well, castration is a discount. We're going to assume you've castrated. You're going to castrate those OQBN calves, right? Yes, so, yes. But, but the vaccination plus the weaning and, and the other things that combine into the 
OQBN program, then you add the certification on top of that because the certification has additional value over those management practices. It's the bundling plus the certification that gives the total value. Mm -hmm. So we are, so producers have asked me that. So, so they say, so what about the 60 day wean thing? I hear that this is like the new thing. And I said, well, yeah, I mean, we typically see a value for increased weaning. And if you think about it naturally, as calves get older, naturally less of them are going to get sick. You know, Mm -hmm. even if you're weaning calves that are 700 pounds, which is kind of a weird thing, but, uh, you know, you're, they're just older. You're going to have less sickness. I'm going to say, um, unscientifically than if you were weaning 300 pound calves, Mm -hmm. they're just over a lot more things. And so if you're weaning a little earlier, of course that costs more to take care of that calf longer, you know, everybody is going to do what they have the ability to do with the money they have, but we do see a value in that 60 day wean calf, 60 plus. Mm -hmm. We're still, you know, know, we're still hanging our hat on 45 days. It 45 days is great. Right, Kelly? We do appreciate that. It is great. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, And and the 45 days. So the interesting thing about 45 days is it wasn't statistic. It it was positive, but it wasn't statistically different than 30. That's why I didn't, I didn't report that number. It was positive. It was lower than the 60, but it wasn't significant. And so as economists, statisticians, that's what we say, you know, it's not, it's not enough of a difference for it to be counted right essentially but yeah kind of interesting and and interesting that that 105 in this data set at least was the sweet spot Mm -hmm. so if we if we look at our um november 7th first oqbn sale day that would have meant that 90 days well they'll just say 90 because my math is easier so august Mm -hmm. so is that august so yes august yeah august 7th they would have weaned in that heat yeah and so that that's a good example though that it's you you can't always we recommend a lot of things every year but we also understand there are conditions under which you might not do that every year right because of things like a big heat wave you know maybe it doesn't make sense to wean those calves that far ahead of time because you're gonna have to deal with heat and that stress is going to put the stress that it's going to put on them. Right. Um, so, you know, certainly recognizing that. Um, so, so this isn't saying you should always wean your calves at least 105 days before you bring them to market. But when we look at what the market's paying for calves that have been weaning that long, that is the, the 15 day period that brings the highest premium. Very good. Uh, you know, there's, there's decent premiums above just weaning, even getting out to 60 days. So so I'm excited about this project. I think it's been fun to look at that when we didn't have the actual data to look at that before. Yeah. It's always good to put numbers behind some of the things we're recommending and and seeing Mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. So um, for those of you who are interested in OQBN, every county extension office should be familiar with with the program, should have some information, can direct you to the website, but you can call any of us, we're all available to talk about OQB and Kelly. I'm sure she would talk. I would be happy. I'm, I'm currently working with several producers right now, but we have sales this fall um, in the following livestock markets, OKC West and El Reno, Southern Plains Livestock and Blackwell, McAllister Stockyards, Payne County Stockyards, LaFleur County, um, and LaFleur County Livestock in Worcester. And we will have a link to all the dates of those sales. But basically from 
starting our first sale in El Reno and it is member 7th, we have about a sale every week through mid-December. And then we have several others sprinkled after mm-hmm. that. Um, yeah. And pretty OKC much somewhere West in the have, state. Yeah. Yes. And OKC, OKC West will have a January sale, um, as does McAllister. And uh, I wasn't at the McAllister sale last spring, um, but the January sale at OKC West was there were quite a few value added cabs there. Yeah. Yeah. Some producers like to hold them over the first of the year and mm-hmm. we, it doesn't matter to us when you want to sell them. Um, we, we collect data at all those sales. And then of course, producers are welcome to sell at other um, livestock markets. We have several that sell at, at stockyards and um, a variety mm-hmm. of places, but thank you so much, Kelly, for coming on and talking through the data. And if you need the numbers, if producers are interested in the numbers, we'd be happy to provide those. We have several um, OQVN publications and things we can get them to to you. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. And I would say, you know, we do those sale summaries. Um, we have those. So if you're interested in a particular sale from last year or something or the year before, um, you know, you could con- contact uh, me or Paul Vining and we can get those to you. Yes, absolutely. So Paul Vining is our OQBN coordinator and, and he takes lots of calls um, and he he uh, sends the tags out from his office. And so I'll have the link to his information on the website as well um, on the on the show notes. So listeners will have links to all this information we discussed today. Thank you for joining me on the podcast this week. And I look forward to speaking with you all next time. Bye.